Hey guys, Joe, REI in the airport in Portland, Oregon. Glad you're listening in. Hope you're having an awesome day. I am. I'm going to be home in a few hours. I'm looking forward to seeing my wife and kids. I miss them. And it's already Wednesday. Where did the week go? Um... Oregon's a really cool place. If you guys ever get a chance to go to Oregon, you need to check it out. Um, so today I have three simple short questions. I thought I would just combine them all into one episode or else these would be really th- short episodes. Um, so the... <laughs> I'm funny. It's If you heard my last episode, it's I was talking about how it's funny to see all of the kids getting on these walkways that, you know, these motorized walkways that move what do you call them like they're not escalators because there's no stairs they just right (laughs) these walkways that move Uh, it's funny to watch the kids go on them and go backwards they think it's the funniest thing in the world um i just saw an adult do it so we should all be kids at heart right uh so i was okay the first question was this are you making five offers a day because i talk about making five offers a day Right? Are you making five offers a day by email or by phone? And the answer is yes. And I'm doing it by physical mail. And by carrier pigeon. And by DocuSign. And by mobile notary. I mean, like whatever it takes, make five offers a day. So that's the goal in this business. I talk about that a lot, right? If you want to do a lot of deals, you got to make a lot of offers. So why not make it a simple goal to make five offers a day? Well, then the question is like, how do you do that, Joe? What are you talking about? Well, I kind of put all my leads into two categories, prospects and suspects, right? So if it's a prospect, that lead goes to my local wholesaler who meets with the sellers in person, calls the seller up. And in fact, what we're starting to do now is just go ahead and make appointments. We're not even just sending the leads to the local wholesaler. We're trying to make appointments with that seller and the local wholesaler. The wholesaler doesn't have to keep that appointment, obviously. They can call the seller up and ask him a few more questions or confirm the appointment or just cancel it if it's not going to be a deal. But we're making that appointment to lock something up as soon as we can, right? So all the other leads, the suspects, that's what I'm talking about. You need to make five offers a day to all those suspect leads. Those are your cold leads, your warm leads, the sellers that say, yeah, I'm not in a hurry. Like Sometimes we like to ask, what's your your ultimate goal, Mr. Seller? Is it to sell your house fast or just to see what you can get for it? And if they just say, well, you know, we just want to go ahead and make an offer. We're, you know, we're not in a hurry to sell. Um, they're just not maybe motivated yet, right? So and one of the things we talk to them about is, you know, we are wholesale buyers. We're not retail buyers. So uh, we'll buy your house as is. You can close on any date you want. But uh, we're not going to pay. We can't pay full price for your house. So should we still set up an appointment between to meet with you? And uh, so based on the conversation, you determine whether the lead is motivated or not. And they don't have to be super motivated, like begging you to take their house for you to make the appointment. If there's just some motivation, some circumstance or reason why they need to sell their house fast, then you need to go ahead and make the appointment with your wholesaler, okay? Or if you're not using a local wholesaler, you need to go ahead and make an appointment and go meet with the seller yourself. Um, so all the other leads, which are maybe, what, 75 85%, are going to be suspects and those are the ones you should be making offers to every day at least five a day and so how do you do that by every way possible and all of the above so you got you can make them a verbal offer over the phone I would still send it in the mail 
anyway because you want something they can hold on to and you're going to be following up with these leads every single month that's super critical right so um, you will make the offer on the phone if you can or if you want you don't have to I don't know send it to them in an email it's always good to get their email because then you can add their email to the autoresponders and then send it in the mail and there's a really cool way with Google Docs that you can do that through click to mail but send an offer to every seller as many off as many times as you can in as many different ways as you can okay and the other question was yeah the other question was from uh, somebody in a small town Missouri and I didn't get your name so I apologize but the question had to do with he's mailing tax delinquents or her sorry I don't know who you are <laughs> uh, Anyway, they, they, they were mailing tax delinquents, and their concern was, what should I put on the mail so that the postman, the delivery guy or girl, um, doesn't know... He was concerned that the, the post office, the delivery man, would know that they were late on their taxes, that they were delinquent. And so I'm guessing the question was, you know, if I'm doing postcards, and I, I don't want to put on there in big, bold headlines, hey, you idiot, you're delayed on your taxes, you're going to lose your house and uh, call me. <laughs> you don't want to do that maybe, right? Because if there is a mailman and they see that, they might, that might not be okay and that might make the seller really mad. So the bottom line, when I mail the smaller specialty lists like tax delinquents, I always just send it in an envelope. I send a letter, either a handwritten yellow letter or a typed up letter. Um, so that's it. I was just, I'm not sure if I got the question right, if that's really what you were asking, but uh, I don't, I don't change my message at all. It's just, and in fact, when I am mailing to tax delinquents, I don't even say on there typically that, hey, you're late on your taxes, you loser. Why don't you sell your house? I don't even mention that I know that they're late on taxes. I just send them a letter saying, hey, do you want to sell your house? I'm looking to buy more deals in the area. Look, call me. I'd like to talk with you about it. So whether it's a probate, late taxes, whether there's an eviction going on or whatever, I just keep the letters all the same. I don't overthink it. I just get the mail out, okay? And the third question was a good one and I forget what it was so hold on I'll be right back okay cool the uh, next question was from Joe in Modesto California hey Joe thanks he says on there long time lurker first time caller <laughs> I thought that was funny I hear that all the time on the radio right and now I'm getting people telling me that long time listener first time caller um, but he said lurker um, man I love seeing kids at the airport it's so cool I feel sad. I miss my kids. I'll see them in a few hours. But like I was saying in a few podcasts ago, I just, whenever I'm at the airport and I see kids, I'm like, oh, I miss my kids. I miss traveling with my kids. It's just so much, it's kind of weird. Why do, why on earth do I have like fond memories of being in airports with my kids? Because it's stressful. <laughs> like you're worried about them losing them and, you know, them taking off, getting lost. Uh, there's like a bunch of weirdos at the airport and then you're in like you're in an airport in Istanbul Turkey right and you're freaking out about like terrorist attacks and stuff that's not funny um, or you're you're out in the middle of uh, an airport in what was that airport we flew into in France no we flew into Spain we flew into uh, Barcelona and from Barcelona we drove into France uh, yeah, so you fly into some of these airports, and especially the smaller ones, and they're not as, like, English-friendly. And um, Barcelona wasn't a small airport, but Prague was one of those airports where you have no idea 
what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. And you're supposed to get a rental car, right? And you're freaking out about rental cars and whether you need car seats, what the rules are regarding car seats. And um, oh, it's just everything is so different. And so when you're with kids, it's crazy awesome. And uh, even when we're traveling in the United States, it's fun. I, I really enjoy traveling with kids. And our kids are super good on, the, on, on airplanes. I mean, they've never had a problem that I can remember. My wife probably would remember when like they were really bad oh there was one time when they were really bad and that yeah boy i remember that i was sorry for wasting your time but i got one more question to answer here i was actually flying to la for a meeting and my wife flew with the four kids by herself to la and that was really bad i think my wife and i didn't she didn't talk to me for like three days <laughs> Like, they were all under the age of six or seven years old. Three or four of them. Anyway, yeah, it was four. Okay, so that's why I like airports. I mean, I like, I like seeing kids at airports. I don't like airports. But anyway, the third question was, uh, in regards to a recent podcast I did recently with Haim, the gentleman who lives in San Francisco does deals virtually in multiple markets. It was a lot of fun talking to him, and I got a lot of great feedback from that. Haim, if you're listening, thanks for being on the show. One of the things he was talking about was making offers on the MLS, and he uses virtual assistants to um, make these offers for him. Now, I don't remember the details specifically on how he does it. You should go back and listen to it. But I'll tell you what we're doing. But bottom line is Haim is a ninja with this stuff and he has VAs that will go and research properties we didn't go into the details about what he's looking for when he finds these properties but basically he gives them certain keywords you know they look for properties that have been that are, look like they need work they're distressed they've been on the market for a while even in the market even when the market wherever you are and it's it is hot and houses are selling fast and you think that all somebody needs to do is stick a sign in the yard and they're getting multiple offers and they're flying off the shelf you go look online, you'll still find tons of houses that have been on the market for over 90 days, right? So um, what we're starting to do now is we're looking for houses that are, that are, um, have been on the market over 90 days that look like they need work. And then we're putting, my VAs are getting all that information, putting them into a spreadsheet with the research from Zillow and stuff like that. And we are just emailing the realtors. So we have the realtors' emails because we have access to the MLS. And we'll just send them a simple generic email saying, hey, we're interested in your house. Um, this is about what we can offer. Is your client negotiable? You know, are they, is their price flexible? Would they consider something in this price range, right? And then um, the, we attach a proof of funds. So the question had to do with, like, how does he do this? And the question, the answer is I don't know. But... Do it both ways and find out what works for you. I think the question, Joe, was uh, does he just call, does the VA call the realtors or do you just email the realtors? And uh, I don't know how Haim does it. I know how we do it. We send the emails. Occasionally, if it's a really good deal, I'll have my assistant who's a realtor call the listing agent up. The best way to probably do it is to phone to make the phone call. That's going to take a lot of time, right? So if you're going to send an email, just make it generic. Don't send the, You don't have to send... This is a cool thing about all of this. You don't have to send like an official realtor contract. You don't have to send all of this 500 pages of contract over. You're just sending an initial offer to see if there's any interest. And if there is, 
then you can prepare the contracts. And maybe you can get the realtor to represent you so that they can get both sides of the commission, right? The listing agent can get both sides of the commission. And it's also a good way to start building some relationships with realtors because these are homes that you're going to be looking at that aren't in good areas, probably. Uh, they're homes that need a lot of work. And not every realtor wants to list those houses, right? So if you can find the realtors that are willing to list those houses, maybe the next time they get a listing, they will call you before they list it to see if you want to make an offer on it. Does that make sense? All right, so I hope, Joe, that helps. Just do both. Call them. And if you can't call them, or if you, you know, it's harder to find VAs that can make those kinds of phone calls, right? It's hard to find VAs that can make, that have good enough English, that understand what's going on, that can make those phone calls. So at the beginning, just send them an email, and then any realtor that has like a semi-positive response, uh, then you pick up the phone and call them. Does that make sense? All right, guys, I'm out of here. I got a little bit more time at the airport, and I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going to try to find a smoothie place and get a smoothie. And you want to know a trick? You want to know a trick if you want to avoid jet lag? Is don't drink coffee. Coffee is like the worst thing you can drink at an airport. And a beer. Don't drink any beer. Just get, drink a lot of water and drink those um, fruit smoothies that are really good. Cool? That's my word of advice for you guys. If you want to ask me another question, just text this number, 636-255. No, no, no. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 636-255-8815. 636-255-8815. See you guys.